Welcome back to the Fruits Podcast. This is part two of our election talk with David and Trey. Uh, we'll get right into it. So we ended off the last discussion and David gave his point and uh, I wanted to get into some exegeting of your guys' own. I'll, I'll go with the first first uh, passage that I have is John 1, 12. Uh, and I just want to know your guys' thoughts on John 1, 12 to see if it aligns with your view uh, and how you would explain it aligning with your view. I believe it's John 1, 12. It must be 1 John. I might have that one confused. I think there was one verse I had confused. But I think I think, the, you think this that's probably it. Yeah, John. Right. You can read it for us. I'm okay. not there yet. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yes, that that is correct. Okay, so how how would you exegete that to your point? I get that if something isn't super clear, you have to take other verses from it. Is this clear enough to exegete your point of free will as you describe it? Yeah, I would I would say this aligns pretty closely to what I believe uh, in terms of free will, because it's talking about those who did receive him, and mm-hmm. specifically those who believe. Um, it's only to those that received him that he gave the right to become children of God. I mean, that's essentially face value what it says mm-hmm. um, but yeah that, that aligns with what I believe um, in, in terms of whether or not it supports a, a position of free will alone I, I don't think it would have a, land, a leg to stand on okay uh, so we, w- we would in that case then you'd be saying that this supports that God basically knows all things yeah. but we would need other verses to show the human free will. Yeah, so... You, you can't see I mean, it clearly in that verse is what I'm asking, is that you can't exegete free will from that verse is all I'm asking. That we see in yeah, this, that less. it's more... It's God. Because, I mean, you can go down to verse 13. I mean, verse 10 is kind of where the thought... Well, it's more like verse 6 is where the thought begins, and then verse 13 is where the thought kind of ends. Yeah. But... Uh, just in verse 13, it goes on, uh, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we're just talking about yeah. God's will and not man's will. Right. So it's talking about, in, in, my, in my view here, it's talking about that God's will is the will that triumphs, right? His is the will that goes over all, and it's not because of man's choosing, it's not because of man's will that right. he can accept God. It's because of God's will, God's grace, like we talked about earlier, is the reason he can accept God. Trey, do you have any anything else you want to say about that? No. If you want to go back in verses, that's fine. It's No, I, I say it. No. Okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, then I don't want to do a whole chapter. That would be too long. <laughs> yeah, let's just go ahead and exegete this on the fly. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, we can take... Uh, John six forty four and forty five. Uh, I think John six is probably one of the best uh, examples of that. It's God 
and not us, that it, it has nothing really to do with us and our choosing. Uh, but John 6, well, we'll go all the way up to 43 just to get a little bit of context. Uh, this is Jesus, of course, and uh, this is, I believe, right after the feeding of the 5,000, he goes to Capernaum, and they find him there in the synagogue. And so he responds after he talks about, uh, I believe it's after he talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Uh, oh no, it's after he talks about, I've come down from heaven. So claiming he's God. So in verse 43, Jesus answered them, stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I'll raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. And verse 47, I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life. And then he goes on to talk about drinking his blood and eating his flesh, where the Jews have another problem with it. But just anywhere in there, I can see maybe verse 47 uh, would be somewhere where you could kind of get free will, but... I think with the context of the verses that we read before, it's not talking about that. So would would you say in there, is there anywhere where it talks about the human choice of choosing God? Or even about uh, resistible grace or anything like that? Anything that we discussed in part one? I think the first half of 44 is where predestination comes in. I don't, the rest of it doesn't really seem... To- be a part of predestination. I know. But it, yeah. it, I'm more I think the, the first context. Half, yeah, yeah, the well, first I'm, half of 44 is where I would get... Yeah, no one can come elect. to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And, and the rest of it is a different topic, day. but... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just Jesus explaining that he is God. But, I mean, he, he does talk about, and those, and they will be taught by God, which I believe is in Isaiah... Uh, Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. So even yeah. there would go to uh, what we were kind of discussing earlier, that you can listen and, in a sense, learn, but it's not saying that every single person that's ever heard the Word of God and listened to it and learned comes to Him. It's talking about that they truly listened. I mean, he talks about uh, later on, not in this chapter, but... Those who have ears, let them hear, talking to, I believe, the elect, the ones that can actually hear what he's saying, hear the parable, and actually determine what it means, and not the Pharisees, where they hear it, and they learn, and they can hear what he's saying, just like in this whole uh, monologue that he gives, it's all about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and no one understands. But he gives it, and obviously he gives it for a reason, so I think that you can even hear the word of God and reject it, yes, it's in Scripture, but it's not that God has given those people grace, in my opinion. But, I mean, John, John 6 is kind of, I think, loaded with predestination uh, and not, not as much free will as far as I've read through it. I read John chapter, chapter 6 quite a bit, so, but those are kind of the two things I had. I mean, we could go down to 60... Verse 60, when he's talking about when he's talking to his own disciples and then rejecting him except for the 12. Uh, or, I mean, because 
he kind of even talks about that in verse 64. Uh, but there are some among you who don't believe. And then it talks about how Jesus knew who wasn't going to believe from the beginning. So just talking about the omnipresence and omnipotence of God that he knows all things. And just proving that Jesus is God, but also showing that he knows who's going to accept him and who's going to reject him. So uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else. We can keep on going with some exegeting, but it's mainly, I mean, I'll, I'll give you this point. So, you know, predestination and election are throughout the Bible. And do you know how many times we find the phrase or the wording free will in the Bible? Probably this is a mute point, but I just think it's interesting. I don't think at all. Okay. I know of. David? Probably none. One time. One time. And it refers to a free will offering. Mm. So talks about giving freely. So I just wanted to put that in there. I think I brought it up in my podcast, but just the amount of times we hear about election, predestination, which we can get into that, what predestination actually means. Uh, but it talks about that quite a few times. I haven't counted them all up yet, or even the examples of it. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. But we can we can kind of go into, I think, David, you brought it up, where if we're predestined and we don't have uh, this libertarian free will, then we're automatons, right? And there And there would be no basis for God judging us on what we do because of that fact. And I would, I would argue, and I would say, well, one, it's that we do the desires of our heart, but I would give you an example. Uh, if I, I think it's in Isaiah 10. Yes, Isaiah 10, 1 through 23. And I can kind of give you an overview, but you know the Assyrians, bad people, uh, against God's people. So what was going on is God was judging the Jews, and he sends the Assyrians to kill the Jews, to kill a bunch of them and enslave them. And so God sends them to do this. And then right after that, the Assyrians are celebrating and saying, look at this mighty work we've done. And God judges them. So God uses them to do his will. And then he judges them for the actions they've committed. Because in the view, it's not God you know, saying the Assyrians, go do something bad. And they're saying, oh, I don't want to. It's more the Assyrians desired to do this. And God used them. God put down his hand. He stopped holding them back from doing the evil. Because it talks about in the Bible that God usually has to hold us back from doing evil. Mm -hmm. So he allows them to do this evil. And he judges them, not because of the evil they did, but because of the desires behind the evil. That they wanted to do this. And God judges them for doing that, not for committing the act. At least it doesn't give us that insinuation in Isaiah 10. It talks about he's judging them for the desires that they had behind the act, that it was their desires and God let them act out upon these desires. Right. So I would say that they had a they had a will in the sense that we talked about earlier with uh, a creaturely free will where we don't have liberty but we have we can make choices based on our desires and whose desires are we under but God still judges them and so we can we can say that if we don't have this 
uh, free will where we can do anything without coercion, I think that we would be going against what the Bible says, where if we have a free will where when we aren't saved, we're under Satan's will, the will of our Father, and then when we're under God's will, we have a different type of will. Because even when, we ha- when, even when we're saved, are we ever called, we're called free, but we're also called to be slaves to Christ. So if we're a slave to Christ, we can also be a slave to sin, and it talks about being slaves to sin. So I would just say, I think the main part of what we've been talking about, I think it all underlines of how we describe free. And we went over it in the beginning, uh, and, and you brought up, having regeneration before you choose so that God's softening your heart before you choose. So could you kind of expound upon that, kind of what you mean by by uh, that? The soft, well, and, and maybe that's just because of my own personal experience with salvation, but it, it wasn't that, you know, instant, oh, I know, that's exactly when I got saved moment. It was mm-hmm. more of a... a gradual breaking down of those things that I held most dear and you know I can't point to a specific moment where I say yeah for sure I was saved at that point but I know I'm saved now Mm -hmm. Uh, and at least as far as I've seen through my own life it seems to be that God was working on my heart through everything I've been through Um, and of course you know I grew up in a Christian home and and I had a Christian background Um, but yeah I would I would say that's a necessity that that he works on your heart to the point where it can be where where the gospel can take root. You know, if you try and plant a seed out in, <laughs> on yeah. the concrete, yeah, that ain't going to work. But if for some reason you had uh, concrete made of dirt and you loosened it up a little bit, it'll plant. Gotcha. Yeah, and terrible, I forget where uh, that... Terrible metaphor. Well, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get where you're saying it from, like the the sower mm-hmm. that Jesus talks about, and if you plant it here and it gets choked out by the roots. No. I get what you're saying. I mean, that in, in that specific parable, they never say that a person can't be one type of soil or, mm-hmm. or one area that's been sown and not be transformed into another. It could be that somebody's, uh, the, the seed sown on the, the path and got trampled, but later in life... Either they're re-sown or their their heart has been brought to a, a place where it can receive the gospel truly, and I think that's what does happen to a lot of people, especially those that are uh, against the gospel for so many years, and they finally see the truth of it, and that that is due to God's work, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's essentially what I mean in that. Okay, I get that. Trey, you have anything to add on the Assyrian passage or about? Uh... Regeneration before or after? Uh, I don't have any passages I could quote. That's fine. If that's what you're asking. No. But at least for what I understand currently, uh, it could change. Upon regeneration, I think it probably happens at the moment of salvation. Not not that you know you're made a new creation, but not that you're sinless, like we said before. But that you're you're made that new creation. You're regenerated, made whole. At the moment of salvation, mm-hmm. and I think that's the, the one time it doesn't happen again because, yeah, no, I guess along the same line as like once saved, always saved. Yeah, regeneration, which but I, I can't quote any no it's, scripture to. It's a good point, and even if we talk about it philosophically. So, David, you know, you said beforehand is when 
you're regenerated. I would say. Maybe, I would maybe say it's, I'm mixing up the term there. Maybe, maybe because I would I would ask you. So if a person is being regenerated, gets shot in the head, are they going to heaven? Uh, yeah, that's the question. That that would be my question because regeneration is always you know that this is God turning your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Right. So it almost be like Trey was saying, the moment of salvation is when you're regenerated, you're a new creature. Right. Then, and in which case, yeah, I'd okay. say just a mixing regeneration up of, of that. That yeah, it would gotcha. have to be okay. salvation onwards. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got that yeah. <laughs> that sorted out because I wrote it down. And I was like, oh, I guess we'll come back to it later. But I latched onto that when you defined it, that the softening of the heart. I'm like, well, okay, no, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I I didn't have the definition written down. I was it's just okay. going off my head of how I understood regeneration. But okay, uh, so just just to bring up from last episode, uh, you know, I asked about will God be let down well does god have these hopes of saving someone and then is disappointed or shocked in some way that they didn't choose him that would that would be my question because if if like trey asserted that jesus died for everyone then is god saying that i died for everyone but not everyone's going to choose me and that that yet again comes back to the point of us choosing and not God choosing. So would 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 you say that what I'm trying to get at is does God have a false hope? Well, by very definition, He can't, mm-hmm. and it it's kind of a debacle whenever the Bible uh, throughout the Old Testament and the New it talks about God wanting for this or He desires this because. We give human attributes to God just to explain God. Right, right. It's like baby talk. God uses baby talk with us to explain himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's hard to grapple with because I believe it's used for a reason, but perhaps it's one that's beyond what we can necessarily get out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think in some way he does have... I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I, it, I get yeah, what you're it's saying. It's a complicated subject, maybe for a different time, unless, Trey, you think God hopes and his hopes are, is he let down? I think he could, he could still have hopes, even if he knew. Okay, and by, by hopes, I just want to make it clear, does God have desires where they cannot come true, like we have desires, is more what I'm explaining. Does God hope like we hope? Not like us, no. Okay. Okay, then that that's that's where I'm kind of that's where I get stuck with the whole free will in the way that you guys explain it is if we have this true autonomous free will or non-autonomous, I don't know which way it is, but if we have this free will where we can really choose whatever we want, the question would be can I choose Christ and accept him? And then for the rest of my life, live apart from him and reject him. Would I still be saved? Would I not be saved anymore? That's that, kind of that, that's how the real free will is working. In that kind of plays along view. the lines of Hebrews 6, though. That's almost like not even getting saved. I know. See, this and is what Hebrews I'm, 6 okay. goes in detail on that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And that's exactly so. what I'm thinking of when I say this, because along the lines of mine, it works. That if God truly gives you grace, truly gives you this gift, 
that you are truly saved and you can never be apart from him. But with a true free will, as described, you have the free will to choose and then to reject. But if God says that if you choose him once ever, then you're saved, then you can... It's, it's the trying Jesus, where I can try Jesus, and then I can go do whatever I want because I didn't like Jesus. But I already chose him at some point. You're like people who are like, I used to be a Christian type mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, oh yeah, I still believe in God while they're smoking six pounds of meth or whatever. I don't know how much you can smoke a meth. I'm pretty sure you would die. But you, you get what I'm saying. If If the free will you guys describe is true, then that has to be in the realm of possibility. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I would say, along with you, Hebrew 6 says, well, no, that's not really true. I would say that applies to free will. But the the passage I'm using from Hebrew 6 is before coming to salvation. It's about the enlightenment. Okay. So. But. Which is something people use for, like, um, losing your salvation. But it's out of context for that reason. But uh, that's all my question is. Because I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm not the one who believes in true libertarian free will and i believe in creaturely will just like we've explained Mm -hmm. but i'm saying with creaturely will i can explain why people would fall away from the faith and why the bible would say they went apart they went from us because they're never with us but i think there's a flaw in the libertarian free will to say that yeah that verse can apply to libertarian free will because if you really 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 have free will then you can really, really, really choose Jesus and then walk away and still go to heaven. That's all I'm asking. Well, and is how would you reconcile that point with the type of free will that you guys are well, asserting? Well, just to, to say, I think I am more in line with the creaturely free will okay, than the, okay. the libertarian. Yeah, I don't want to misrepresent. Right, no, no, just... and it's true. And I think as I talked about it, because, again, I, I've never come in contact with those definitions or the, gotcha, the distinction. Yeah. So uh, through the course of the, the podcast, it's I've come more closely to one of the terms, and it's the creaturely. Um, I still think it is a will of sorts. No, and but, I, I agree. And, and I think it lends itself to that choice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the, the choice can't even become an option without the working of, of God. Mm-hmm in and through everything that that happens so yeah so i can't defend the other one because i don't i don't (laughs) believe it okay i i'm just making sure to trade are you going along with david or yeah (laughs) okay then i don't know if we have too much more to talk about because if y'all if you agree with creaturely free will then i think we would believe along the same lines we just have separate definitions and different ways that we kind of make the point like you said i believe it was off air that it is a real choice when you choose jesus which i would agree that we really do choose jesus Mm -hmm. but i think like we would both agree that it's not the only independent yeah it's not an independent choice we aren't saying we choose jesus because we can choose jesus it's more i choose jesus because God gave me the grace to choose Jesus. And that's yeah. and that's why that's why I would argue irresistible grace. Mm-hmm. That if he really did give you that opportunity, no one can say no. That's true. And I think he would have put you in a position where 
I don't think it would even be appealing to say no. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because so it, it's one of those things, and it's, this goes along exactly with what you said, I believe, in the last episode, where if you were given the choice, I mean, just you're dropped into a place and you had Christ in all of his glory and then the world in all of its, mm-hmm. uh, its temptation, its, its pleasure, and you were given that choice, you would always choose the world. Mm-hmm. Until God put something in your heart which would make you choose Christ, even if you got to see it in all of its glory, you wouldn't choose it. Yeah, um, I, I would agree, and I'd say the Bible backs up that statement. So I think we've so, been arguing yeah, from the same perspective. We, we might have been. It was the, just the, the terms, yeah. <laughs> which is why I was trying to, that's why at the beginning I was trying to see what your guys' terms were, mm. which I think is where the confusion came, yeah. was the free will term. But I'm glad we got that sorted out. So, I mean, this is going to be a shorter episode. We're like 25 minutes in. And I don't want to keep you guys forever. So, here at the end, do we have any final parting words or things that you want to make clear before, you know, I go on to my next uh, podcast adventure and leave you guys behind to do the MSG podcast, which you can check out on Spotify or Apple. Trey? Yeah, I mean, everything other than SoundCloud. There you go. Everything. Yeah. They may not have recorded in a while, but there's some good nuggets in there you can re-listen to. I love it. I guess one thing I would say is that as those listeners have, uh, your listeners have, have heard, this kind of argument uh, or just even debate is very common in the Christian church. And um, oftentimes I think we argue from perspectives that are more closely aligned than we could ever imagine, but either due to, to mixtures of different terms or uh, I think a lot of it, there's bias where we've heard from different sources mm-hmm. or even in our own research, we try to argue from that position. And uh, I think ultimately, you know, we just have to give people leeway to talk out and really truly mm-hmm. say what they believe and, and hope that it's completely in line. Yeah, which, which is why it's important, I think, to define terms. Because yeah. I think everyone, in a sense, believes in predestination at some point if you believe in god you believe at some point god knows everything and so there is a sense of predestination the same as everyone believes in at least a will like my side more of what i was trying to explain is more that you can have one of two wills either the sinful nature will or godly's god god god's will is the two sides or you can have where i think is where we got confused is the you have you know a choice uh where you can make apart from anything else is like it was where we got confused but yeah Yeah. i i I would agree with what you're saying right because i mean you've studied this far more so you knew of the complex nuance between okay there's separate types of will Mm -hmm. whereas your layman and i would put myself in this category would look at something like the word choice Mm -hmm. and you put that in firmly in the category of will alone so the two terms combined um, to just be will in general. So separating those out was helpful in sort of parsing out exactly where we would align. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think there need to be far more conversations like this and, and frank conversations in the church where people go, look, this is this is what the Bible says. This is essentially why we believe these things. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't say for certain in any of the churches I've been to do they sit there and line out big topics like this it, mm-hmm. it, it, I think you, you develop an idea of what this is just from being in a church and listening to the sermons and talking to the people but 
And I know that the confessions are a very big part of yeah. lining that out for you. Yeah, which, which is why it's important to kind of have your own systematic theology, to know what you believe and kind of, you know, know all the parts like the Trinity. What do you believe about the Trinity? What do you kind of have to back it up? Or same with this, predestination, free will, what do you believe about it? So that way you don't get confused with, you know, uh, a Mormon where, right. you know, which, which is, I think, where a lot of the problems come is you, you dig into this one spot of it's free will and sure, God made the sacrifice, but we got to choose mm-hmm. where, you know, if, if you're more just willing to listen or willing to, you know, study more and able to back up your point, I think that that's where the Christian really grows is not just, well, I heard this before. And so I'm going to stick with that, even though I've not done any study on it, but more, okay, I see what you're saying. I may have had my terms wrong or someone else may have had their terms wrong, but we agree on this and then we can move forward uh, with, with better terminology. And so that way, you know, like you might've learned a couple new words today. Yeah, Trey yeah. might've learned a couple new things, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's important uh, to have it that system of theology to know what you believe and why you believe it. Yeah. But Trey, any last word uh, you have? Just, I guess, piggybacking off of what David said, I, I agree. Um, I think it's Hebrews six that says, it may not be Hebrew sick, but it talks about, um, you know, not continuously drinking milk, but uh, eating the meat of like the word, you know, so having more um, intellectual conversations instead of continuously laying down the original foundations over and over to getting more in depth and uh, understanding the word better. I think these conversations like this or other topics are good, even if you don't have an opinion or it's it's something to think of and then to look at to compare to the word and see how it looks so first peter 2 2 i found it i don't know i just remember i it's like not drinking the milk again but no going on to meat i couldn't remember it i would i would agree and i think i think it's good that we discuss this because like trey was saying you know you want more meat you know it may not be a I, i think in a sense it is a salvific issue because if you believe that you're the one who did all these things then i you know, that it was your will that, you know, God just died and you had to go and accept him without anything like that. I think it could get into a salvific, like if you're saved or not. But I think that a lot of these discussions are more just to narrow down, you know, why some Christian believes what they believe. And it's okay if they believe that. And in the end, you know, we all have problems with our theology at some point. No one has perfect theology. And we'll figure out who is right in the end, you know, if infant baptism is right or if age you should yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's good to talk about it and at least discuss. And like the Bible says, you know, we want to know what we believe so that way we aren't tossed from, you know, side to side like a boat in the sea that we can stand firm and say, no, this is what we believe and why we believe it. But also at the same time, not be stubborn to say, well, you know, you you showed me something in this verse where I have to change, but I'm not going to because of what I've been taught. I think it's good, and I think it, it really shows that that person is a Christian who's willing to listen and not prideful and stubborn. Right. And so I, I would agree. I'm glad you guys came on the podcast. It was good. You guys are my first guest, technically, so Ooh. congratulations. Right. But if you want to... 
plug anything or anything like that? Your podcast, I know you guys have it. Yeah, we but, haven't we haven't had one in a while, but just one a minute. We'll get back into it. All right. Well, this is Tyler signing off for the Fruits Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, and if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Twitter at the Fruits Pod or email me at the Fruits Pod at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye bye.